Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode on MNC Boy Again, Nick Maxson here with you, and it's our CCHA panel. And tonight we have Alex Micheletti, we have Ryan Stieg, as well as Lucas Pippenhagen. I probably screwed that up again, or did I get it right? Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sometimes you, know, you just take it till you make it, and okay. <laughs> but I'm, see, my memory works sometimes. Uh, gentlemen, welcome back in. Appreciate you guys. Um, so here's kind of how we're doing this, right? Well, so we kind of do a little bit of a roundtable. We'll talk about uh, the games a little bit, or should I say the weekend series a bit. Then we'll maybe dissect some of the storylines from the conference as a whole. Um, so uh, Ryan, because uh, I think you caught the most attention when I say you, uh, and not you and you know your press conferences with Rico, but I'm talking St. Thomas. Um they put the hockey world on notice this Friday, and I would argue, and uh, you guys would chime in as well, both you, Lucas, and Alex, that um, St. Thomas was dominating the Friday college hockey headlines. Oh, very much so. I mean, and well-deserved, too. They, St. Thomas, you know, when I made my prediction before the game, when somebody tweeted out, you know, what do you think it's going to be? And I predicted for three, I got laughed at. And I'm just like, no, St. Thomas is better than people think they are. I think they're going to be able to keep up with Minnesota. And then not only did they, they took the lead and (laughs) extended their lead. And of course, Minnesota got back into it because they have pro prospects and St. Thomas doesn't. And that's just how it goes. But it was, yeah, they, it was just an all-around good game. I mean, overshadowed. I feel like Aaron Trotter got a little overshadowed because he did have a good night, but people look at the goals and we're like, well, there were six goals scored. But he was also facing one of the best offenses in the country and he did the best he could. Robbed some of the pro prospects a few times. It was, it was an all-around good performance by pretty much everybody. It's just, as Rico said in the press conference, he said, they made one more play than we did. And when you have a <laughs> Jimmy's that kind of guy who can make plays like that, and he just did, and that's just what happens. So unfortunate bounce for them, but I think they cho- showed everybody that they're here, that they're a good team. They're probably a step away from being a great team, but they're very good this year. Uh, Lucas, I'm, I'm going to throw this analogy into you only because uh, one of my favorite guys that I watched last listen to just because he likes to narc on everything. Uh, did it feel like that the Gophers were like a season's episode of the Pittsburgh Steelers all in one game, meaning that they play, you know, shall we say not their best, but then they get bailed up by high end talent? Uh, does that and coaching, does that seem to fit with what happened this weekend? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought St. Thomas, but like Aaron was saying, completely outplayed the Gophers for, for the majority of that game. I mean, they were were you know skating really well uh, like parents had great goaltending um in the end though just a little bit too much talent on that gopher squad and uh alex let's let's do this because i know that when we talked to the boys in the big 10 uh both nate as well as drew cove uh 
Ryan, you said that Alex Trotter wasn't getting the, shall we say, conversations. I will tell you what, he turned heads at the Big Ten. Uh, Micheletti, I would imagine you would agree that, um, you know, Aaron Trotter, for his maybe a small name in college hockey, uh, you know, he kept that one close. And uh, uh, if it wasn't for him, this could have been a more lopsided victory for the Gophers that he not stood in his head for a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. He was, um, he was frustrating the Gophers. You could definitely tell. Um, and when, the when the storm was, uh, was on, as he could say it, uh, you know, he tried to keep the team in it, you know, cause, uh, you know, the Gophers love to score in bunches too, especially when they score, uh, you know, they get the rouser going and that just gets everybody kind of flustered on the other team. And so you need a calming presence and that, and I mean, he's, he's clearly shown that, I mean, he started pretty much all the games last year and, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't play uh you know saturday but um i think maybe just to give him a breather after a, a hectic friday night um, but yeah he's the he's the real deal and that's uh you know you're you're starting to see st thomas uh win in recruiting and you know you have to have a good goaltender if you want to win in college hockey and yeah he's a good one uh let's move on to the next series and that was mankato um and st cloud and uh, i have the theme music from st cloud this weekend everybody take a listen is that accurate yeah 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 it was tough tough stretch for the for the huskies uh you know you could you could definitely uh uh, after the after the games the you know the press conferences uh you know brett's frustrated you know the guys that were interviewed were frustrated yeah just yeah unexpected weekend i think for st cloud And, and ryan you know the first game they probably should have had, right? They had a two nothing lead and uh, they let that one slip away. And then in overtime, um, I, I think, you know, we talked about it on the Huskies Orman House podcast, but I think that's a goal in overtime that Dominic Bassey wants back. He commits uh, well early before, uh, you know, the Maverick Ford really made him do anything. And then, you know, with a lot of net, he decided, well, I'm just going to take it around and pot it in, you know, on the backside there. So, um, uncharacteristic for St. Cloud to not be able to hold a lead. That's something that Brett Larson and squad is usually pretty good at locking things down and just wasn't the case on Friday. Yeah, it's it's kind of shocking. You know, you're used to St. Cloud being having the goaltender sometimes even carry you during the game if the offense isn't there. And he just was a little off, you know, in that game. And to be fair, he was in that first game against St. Thomas, he looked a little off um he looked locked in you know the second game but that he just didn't look like himself out there and i feel like that was the case in that game it's just sometimes goalies have those nights they're just goals go in that they normally would stop they just kind of look out of position at times so i i wouldn't judge him on that series and the first two series entirely but you know it's a little concerning that he's been you know so up and down in the first two weeks and uh lucas you know when we talk about teams it's the first two weeks right now we discussed last week that it's early right and granted you know we can go to the pairwise and the things it's it's all going to be just like a jenga you know building that essentially fall down and all over its own face at at some point soon but um is there real true cause for concern for st Cloud state fans I think so. I mean, that's that's two out of conference series against CCHA teams that that they you know haven't picked up. I mean, they picked up only the one win in regulation. Um, 
you know, with a, such a tough conference schedule, getting those out of conference wins is, is crucial for, you know, any shot at an NCAA tournament bid. And, and yeah, you know, usually a CCHA is, is a weaker conference. I mean, right now the CCHA is the second worst out of conference uh, record um, with the only positive being against the NCH, NCHC so far. Alex, let's throw St. Cloud State fans a bone here a little bit, right? Because uh, they've lost two in overtime. So, I mean, you yeah. you maybe get one extra bounce or, you know, maybe, you know, things turn a certain way. We could easily be talking about a 3-1 team versus a 1-3 team. So, um, yes, there's cause for concern, but is it as, you know, shall we say, you know, dire as people think it is? <clears throat> I don't think so. It's, it's still super early. Um, you know, you have to... You know, I have to be cautious with Mankato too. You know, it's a good weekend, but you know, you, you go from St. Cloud to UMass who just beat Michigan. So it's, uh, um, it doesn't end, you know, after a good weekend, you have to, uh, like Lucas said, you have to, you know, keep winning, especially non-conference, uh, that that's huge for, for pairwise and for teams that, uh, we you know, want to continue to be in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, St. Cloud's, you know, very, uh, fortunate that they're in the NCHC, which is probably the best conference in college hockey so lots of time to make up in, in conference play upcoming too and you know figure out uh you know defensively you know what the heck's going on uh, and they'll need to do it quick right uh, it yeah. doesn't get any easier for any squad right including here yeah. for the ccha uh so guys let's do this uh, there were some definitely prominent storylines we talked about you know some things with uh, st thomas and whatnot but i want to go with this um i asked the guys of the big 10 um that, you know, how much longer will it be before St. Uh, Thomas is a problem? And the reason why we asked them that question is, well, you guys pointed out St. Thomas was able to keep up with essentially a roster with half of it being NHL draft picks slash prospects. And St. Thomas has got how many, Ryan? None. <laughs> I don't believe so. One, uh, one, one. Oh, sorry, one. Yeah. One, but he didn't play. I don't know if he was hurt or what what the deal was with Ryder Donovan, but yeah, one. I think he was, uh, I think, scratched or her, but uh, he's a Vegas pick uh, for mm -hmm. those who are wondering. But uh, at the end of it, is this, you know, does this sort of confirm that, you know, Rico Blasi was indeed the right hire? And because, you know, when you go back to Miami, uh, Drew said it best on the Big Ten segment that, you know, Miami always sort of punched above its weight class. And a lot of it is because, just the way that Rico coaches, he just he just gets that team to buy in and do what needs to be done to get the most out of them. Um, is is there a lot of credit to be drawn here to Rico Blasi? I, I think so. You know, when he was hired at you know St. Thomas, I think some people were like, "Hmm, now is he the right pick?" Because you know the way things kind of went downhill with Miami and him being let go, people were like, "Well." You know, that kind of situation is he really the guy to build something and he has proven doubters wrong he's keeping i mean three wins the first season i mean nothing to you know write home about but they showed a lot of progress in the second half and then last year they beat every conference team got their first sweep and this year they won their season opener against a ranked team kept up with a bunch of nhl prospects so yeah i think he's proven that he is the right guy i think he's done a great job and you know i think next year's class looks even better i mean they've already got a good class this year with a bunch of good transfers but i think next year i i could see them um contending for the mcnaughton cup next year uh 
for those who are keeping track, that would be after thir- three years, essentially a full season, so into their fourth. Um, and uh, I, I want to ask everybody else this, uh, Alex and for Lucas. Uh, St. Thomas, there's been a lot of talk about them petitioning to essentially drop out of their uh, ineligibility to participate in the NCAA tournament. Again, it currently stands five years after you uh, make the transition from Division Three to Division One. Uh, you cannot participate in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they, I believe the petition was to end it after three, and that was unsuccessful. Um, thoughts on that? Because, I mean, doesn't that feel like a pain? Because if St. Thomas is, is going to be this good this year, um, they could be the biggest spoiler come the regular season slash the CCHA tournament. Lucas, I want to get your thoughts first. Yeah, they should. I mean, I, the the whole NCAA, uh, you know, just, it seems like it's, you know, it should go away at this point too with NIL. It's, uh, I mean, players are getting paid to, to go to a lot of these schools, um, you know, uh, and I mean, what, what's the holdup for St. Thomas? They, they have the facility coming, uh, you know, they can, you know, they have the scholarships, uh, you know, it's about time to, you know, to let them, you know, be in the NCAA tournament. They're going to get the recruits there. It just, uh, it's baffling that um, there's still a holdup uh, with uh, with an institution like that. That's financially strong too. It's not, you know, declining and, you know, that brings in a ton of money. Strong would be sort of a light way to say it. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they could probably swim in a, in a pool with cash. Uh, Lucas, I'm going to try to McDuck is basically what St. Thomas is like. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully more jolly personalities, though, especially come the holidays. Um, <laughs> Lucas, I'm going to try you again, but I'm going to give you a different angle on this. Do you think it's about the facilities? Is it really just about being Division One facility ready? Maybe why uh, the, uh, the committee for the NCAA turn down that petition i mean what what really is the hurt if saint thomas is able to uh participate after only three years is is there one i i don't think so i can't think of anything i mean you look at the commitment to hockey already with the money donated for the new facilities you look at the fan support you look at you know the alumni base that they have i mean you send that alumni base to any regional and it's going to be packed. Like I, I really don't understand the reasoning behind the NCAA not allowing St. Thomas in. I mean, you look at the success that they're having now in year three and or four, and I, I don't even think they have a, a full 18 scholarships yet. I think they're still short of that, that number. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable job what, what Rico has done there so far. So guys, I have a proposal for you guys, and I think all three of you would be on board with this, but, Curious to know your thoughts. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to get your reaction first. St. Thomas and Minnesota put on quite the show this weekend at the Excel Energy Center. I thought it was good hockey. I think, you know, both fan bases into it. Um, everything that I've been reading about it, I've hearing about it, saw that it was a great weekend for college hockey. And it's good to have that excitement in week two. Um, a couple of our other teams to the north were playing in the so-called the Icebreaker Tournament. I wonder mm-hmm. if you know where I'm going with this. Should we bring back the North Star Cup yes. with St. Thomas, the Gophers, St. Cloud, and Minnesota State, week two of the college hockey season at the X? How cool would that be to get the college hockey season started off with a bang with some of these older WCH rivals and then also like, you know, the new brother on the block, if you want to call it for St. Thomas? Anybody disagree with that or how cool would that be? Oh, 100%. I think it'd be great. Yeah. You gotta give me more than that. Come on, guys. Like, yeah, I mean, you, know, you could probably have to rotate it, you know, because there are six schools, so you can't just have the same four every year because then somebody's gonna feel left out. So, but yeah, I think it's an amazing idea. 
I mean, look at how good the teams are. I mean, there are a lot of them are off to to great starts, and uh, you know it's fun, exciting hockey too. I mean, you you take a look at Mankato St. Cloud went to overtime. Uh, you know, St. Thomas Gophers that was awesome. Uh, even Bemidji, that Bemidji Wisconsin fifty-seven saves by Matias Scholl that was insane. Um, you know, Duluth uh, Duluth went to overtime they you know they had a really good series with michigan or game with michigan mm-hmm. tech too it just it was a fun, fun weekend of hockey yeah speaking of matthias Scholl, um lucas i want to go over to a little bit to bemidji state here because since we left them out of the north star cup purportedly i know i'm gonna get flack for that um but matthias Scholl was a stud this weekend he really really was and the question everybody around the ccha is asking is uh, is is Bemidji essentially underappreciated right now? Um, I wouldn't say so, really. I mean, Matias Scholl had a had a stellar game Friday night, but the rest of the team really did not. Um, you know, fifty seven saves on sixty one shots and a four three overtime loss. Wisconsin had a hundred shot attempts in that game. Um, Bemidji State only had about seven minutes of offensive zone uh, possession time. I mean, it was it was a rough game to watch and one, you know, one of the worst games I've ever had to watch Bemidji State play. They, they did rebound nicely on Saturday night against Army, but, you know, it, it, there's a, a lot of room in, for improvement right now for, for the Beavers. And, you know, even with all of that pressure and, and, and you know, the kind of the poor showing on, on Friday night, they still had a chance to win it. They had a four on three power play in overtime, you know, and, and, and could have actually stolen that game. But, um, you know, things need them to improve quickly and get cleaned up quickly um, before next week and against Duluth. Lucas, I would put money that if you played Wisconsin in the regional semifinal, you come out on top on that one. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> um, Alex, let's talk about Mankato real briefly. Just because, again, shall we say a turbulent offseason? I think that's lightly saying it, right? Um, a mm-hmm. lot of question marks surrounding the squad. And uh, let's just say that in the recruiting trails, um, in sort of you know reaching out to the donors and the supporters of Mankato State, um, I'm not sure what more Luke Strand could have done uh, in terms of essentially convincing the fan base and those who support it uh, that we're going to be just fine. Uh, did he put a stamp of guarantee on that this past weekend with his performance against St. Cloud? That's one heck of a start. I mean, I don't think you could have had a better start. You know, <clears throat> I think people were probably a little nervous after they go go down to nothing early, but you know, it's a team that believes in their coach. You know, they they could have just let St. Cloud blow them out. Uh, but they battled back, got it to two-two, and then in overtime, you know, it looked again. It looked like St. Cloud was probably going to win the game. Uh, you know, they get three consecutive shots right on Alex Tracy, and he he stops all of them. And then it was really just a bad turnover by Dylan An- Anhorn. You know, if that if that doesn't happen, you know, I don't. Mankato barely touched the puck before that. So, and then they, they get around, and uh, you know, Bassey gives up the um, gives up the wraparound, and that seemed to be. I don't know if that's a weakness of his, but they did it a couple times Saturday too. So he's got to figure that out, and, you know, work on his angles or something. But um, yeah, it was a heck of a start. I and mean, he's got a gauntlet of a non-conference that, you know, Hasty left him with, you know, those schedules are made in advance. So you don't really want to, it's hard to get out of. Um, so, you know, um, you know, bring on, bring on UMass and then bring on North Dakota who just shut out Wisconsin. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be tough, but we'll see. 
Uh, Ludwig Pearson for North Dakota, reigning NCHC Conference Goaltender of the Week. Uh, Alex, you mentioned UMass. Uh, there's been some good moments. Uh, you talk about future opponents for all three of our squads here tonight. There's been, uh, shall we say, good success for a Mankato against UMass in recent history, uh, including a post-national title sort of just shellacking on their home ice. Um, that kind of got, shall we say, Minnesota State off on a pretty nice run in the non-conference schedule last year. Um, but what can we expect this year? Anything different? Yeah, they're going to remember that um, coming into town here. Uh, and uh, I mean, they split with with Michigan. Uh, you know, they had a tough first game, but then they they went to a um, you know rookie goaltender who I think is like six five six six, just a gigantic dude. Uh, you know, we'll see if they they play play him again after a win. Um, you know, they have really good coaching. They have you know Kale McCarr's brothers on their top line, so uh, you know it's always interesting to see that last name. Yeah, it's gonna be another grinder. Um, you know, Strand. Uh, it's amazing. He, you know, he had the number one penalty kill in the country last year at Ohio State. All he does is bring it over here and, or to Mankato and, you know, St. Cloud got shut out on the weekend on the power play after, uh, you know, having, you know, good success against St. Thomas. So, yeah, well, you know, penalty kill is going to have to be strong again and, uh, you know, lean, lean on the, um, you know, the senior, you know, and grad students uh leadership i mean sam morton had a couple big goals over the weekend he was awesome lucas outer another you know captain was uh um you know had, had a huge goal and uh you know the, some of the young kids stepped up too evan murr had a really good uh defensive showing and brett morovic had a really nice breakaway goal so yeah they're yeah. kind of getting scored from, from all over, which was, which was nice to see after, you know, the, one of the big uh, question marks was where's the scoring going to come from. And it actually came from, from every line. So yeah, fun to see. Uh, Bemidji state will do in home and home against uh, the Bulldogs, which somehow scored 13 goals this past weekend. Um, spoiler alert. They also gave up 10, which is not something you see uh, a Scott Sandlin squad uh, do very often, but uh, Lucas, are, are is UMB vulnerable? Does Bemidji State have an opportunity here to maybe turn some heads against the Bulldogs, which also seem to be looking to try to figure things out on both sides of the puck? Yeah, I think so. I mean, kind of an interesting schedule for UMD playing three CCHA teams in a row. Good measuring stick for for the Beavers to see how they, you know, really match up with with UMD and. Um, It'll be an. I really don't know what to think of the series right now. Like you said, a lot of offense against Northern Michigan, but also pretty poor defense by the Bulldogs. Um, well, Bemidji State are, are always, you know, going to be playing a tight, checking, low-scoring game. Uh, it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens um, with the goaltending situation in Duluth. If Stacey still gets, you know, both starts, or if they're going to split time there with with Jason. Um, I, I think Bemidji State will split their goaltenders. They tend to do in, in non-conference play. Um, so we'll see what how Matias Scholl, you know, plays again, hopefully with some better defense in front of him. And uh, Ryan, the Tommies will have games against Lindenwood, um, who last year very much uh, like St. Thomas a couple of years back in their infancy. Right now they're going into what we call our, their sophomore season at the Division One level, right? Uh, Lindenwood had a pretty decent, you know, coming down to the, the boulevard, you could say, of Division One hockey. So they're not a slouch of a team. Um, uh, what do you expect against uh, the Tommies in that matchup? Well, I expect St. Thomas to maybe uh, – the concern for me with St. Thomas is maybe playing down to their opponent. You know, they've had to really play – Did you say down to their opponent? 
well, how do I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it. Like, is, I'm saying this as a compliment for those who are about to, you know, you know, slide in my DMS. No, I, I think what, what we're trying to say is, is this is a compliment that St. Thomas has an opportunity where maybe they're not looking up at, you know, Goliath for once in, you know, yeah. in their short career. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, last, last week they had a bunch of pro prospects and they had to, you know, be able to keep up and do well against Minnesota. And the week before that it was against St. Cloud, a ranked team that made the NCAA tournament last year with a lot of great players. So it's, it's, Lindenwood is not the Gophers. They're not St. Cloud. So the, the concern is, are you going to, you know, not take your opponent at the same level? You know what I mean? Like you're, you had, you've had to face against two very good teams and now you're facing a team that's, you know, still in its infancy or maybe it's toddler stage. If that's a better way of putting it. Um, they just began to walk. We'll put this. Yeah. Yeah. But my prediction is I think St. Thomas is going to get a sweep. I think they'll get back on track. Um, they're back at home. They're in their home rank, and they do pretty well at home. I mean, they did great against the, at the X, too, but they tend to feel comfortable in Mendota Heights, and I think they'll probably get – you know, get two wins and get that little confidence boost back and, you know, that kind of thing. That, But, yeah, the concern for me was facing two really good teams and then facing a team that's not that. And the concern is do that. But I think they'll be good this weekend. And, again, more of the, the mental, you know, sort of commitment right there, Ryan. It's uh, it's less about the skill level. It's more about can you commit to just treating mm-hmm. it like they're the Gophers or like the yep. St. Cloud mm-hmm. team, right, uh, just to make sure you're executing in all fronts. Uh, guys, yes. real quick, let's just round up the CCHA as a whole, right? Um, Alex, I know you're going to love this part of the segment because uh, there were a ton of people out there outside the hockey world that obviously know everything and we know nothing thought that uh, Mankato would be sort of a bottom feeder. And uh, when you look at that after, well, two weeks of the college hockey season, they sit on top of the CCHA. Yes, they've only played two games, uh, but they're sitting on top right now, technically a two and zero overall in the season. Bemidji state Beavers sitting there at second place. Also only two games played at one and one St. Thomas. Yes. They're one and three for their four games, but again, they played some really good opponents. I think deservedly, uh, deserve to be in that third spot. Ferris State, Bowling Green, Lake Superior, Michigan Tech, and Northern Michigan. How, somehow, when you score 10 goals, you're bottom of the pack uh, below Michigan Tech, who scored five. Uh, that's <laughs> insane to me. Uh, but, guys, uh, is this a little bit of a surprising start for the CHA? Again, this is the Monday morning quarterback, you know, after week one, um, the Vikings <laughs> without Justin Jefferson. Yes, there's, there's so many things that are, you know, could change between now and even a month from now. But as far as, you know, where we're at right now, any surprises, any sort of early reactions? Uh, you know, uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, well, everything changed the the day of uh, media day uh, in this conference. It's, it's always something with this conference. You know, it's either just crazy officiating, like non-calls, what a replay, you know, just bizarre. And then, you know, uh, you got... Uh, uh, you know, the preseason player of the year, you know, transferring <laughs> after getting picked, uh, you know, um, as a Bowling Green uh, player and then transferring to Michigan Tech. Um, and so I'm sure a lot of the coaches are not happy with that, even though he can't play in the first semester. Um, and, you know, Bowling Green gets uh, gets swept by Augustana, um, <laughs> who has never played, you know, Division One before. 
Um, they're not even in their own rink yet. Uh, it's it's crazy, you know. Um, and you know everybody, you know, thought it was the downfall of Mankato. Well, you know they they beat a top ten, swept a top ten team in the country. Yeah, you know it's just you know it's crazy. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get in this league. Ryan Lucas, any thoughts before we close things out here on MNCAA um, for uh, essentially week two here of the very early 2023-24 season? I guess for me, Bowling Green's probably the biggest surprise just because it's just, you know, the the off-ice drama, off drama that took place before, you know, around media day, you know, you're wondering how they're going to handle that and for them to you know they were shaky against robert morris which has brought their program back and then you have augustana this last weekend who is in their first year as a program and to get swept by them so they're probably the biggest surprise for me because you're just you're wondering what's going on there because they have the capability to be successful this year even without swanklers so it's just a weird start that's the biggest surprise for me Certainly is a weird start. And gentlemen, that is going to do it here on MNCAA. Uh, Be sure to follow us along all the college hockey season, because uh, as we know, the college hockey season, uh, a is one just getting started. Number two, there's still plenty of drama ups and downs that can happen. So for everybody here, Alex Micheletti, Ryan Stieg and Lucas Pippenhagen. Yes, Alex, I may have had this music picked out for you guys on purpose. Thank you for everybody to listening and watching on YouTube. We'll see you back here next week here on MNCAA.